0: Hey guys, this is Tim Stout with the Learn to Earn podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I was featured on an episode of the Grinder podcast earlier in the week with Addison Corbin. So we're going to use the same podcast that we did with him for ours because we did a really good job of covering some leadership, some time
1: management things, some things I think will be really helpful for you guys, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Grinder, folks. James the dolphin with eyebrows is out and on vacation and decided not to tell anybody until this week so we had to do a little bit of a quick little fill in and I think that you guys are going to be okay with it Tim Stout what's up man
0: it's awesome do I get a cool nickname
1: uh yeah the um the man with skinny knees does that work for you
0: Several people would argue
1: that. <laughs> and you know a lot of them. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot that we can go into. Um, you know, Tim and I are both in the same uh, industry and work it pretty, uh, pretty hard. So um, what are you seeing right now as far as real estate goes? I know we're in different locations, so I'm pretty sure it's – Pretty much all the same across
0: the board right now. It is. It's you know I've got coaching clients across the country, and the same thing is, is we're at a listing inventory crisis. Uh, not enough homes to sell. Multiple offers. Over asking. Over appraised value. All cash. You know all, all this stuff is is coming in and and crushing people. even seeing a lot of a lot of bigger markets. Uh, probably not as much ours, but the buyer is super strong. When when you think it wouldn't be, you would think that that people would be selling their house for the most amount of money, but people still want that backdoor easy button and doing it. Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, we went on a uh an appointment earlier this week and she had a few of those eye buyers lined up. She, you know, the the big ones. Mm -hmm. And they were quoting her 40 grand lower, 30 grand lower. And she was she called me and she's like, hey would you mind coming out here? And I was like, yeah, I would love to, because I'm gonna be able to show you how to make the most money out of your property. Right. Um and we ended up having the conversation and I said if I list this property this week i can guarantee you we're going to come in above well above where they're at and you're going to be able to make way more money on this property listed it and guaranteed i mean we can yeah. almost 30 grand above where we listed it at and it was just it was just easy
0: right? and, and there's no reason not to list right now because historically in, in a neutral market or even a, a seller's market like we've seen the last couple of years it uh, goes in a contract, uh, we do the inspection, and then the negotiation starts. So things I want fixed, uh, price I want decreased, things I want added to the contract, so on and so forth. Now the sellers are in such a dominant position, they don't have to negotiate anything. And they're going to have a backup offer and then an offer for the backup offer. So when the when the buyer comes in and they're like, hey, I need this, 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 and fix," you're just like, no. And if they walk, you have a guy coming to the front door with 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 an offer already accepted.
1: If not cash
0: very well could be and it's and it's ridiculous the amount of offers we're getting right now because there's even programs out there that gets buyers accepted for cash yeah. so it's it's difficult
1: yeah and it's it's one of those things that is it's not just difficult I mean there's there's a difference when it comes down to say okay well we're not gonna do anything but also addition to that what they're coming out with the contracts is like oh if you guys guarantee to pay five grand above price value mm-hmm. and it's happening continuously it's insane buying it as is exactly exactly so you know that's that's just a little bit of a piece of, of what the real estate market is but um you know the reason i wanted to bring you on was i think there's a lot more that we can go into that you know business owners can tap into that you know you have your own podcast right now that you're pushing um and what is the name of that learn to earn podcast learn to earn podcast um so if you haven't listened to it go look it up. It's on everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. Wouldn't expect anything less from you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, going into it, you know, I, right now something that I've found that I needed to work on was organizational. Right. And my, my skills, as far as that goes, you know, I've got the team built out to where a lot of that's taken care of, but my personal organization has come complacent, right. To whereas is I'm not checking my calendar as much or, the amount of emails that are coming through or the amount of offers that are coming through on properties, as much as I'd like to say that we had that organized and it was good to go, this market has changed that because now it's not just three multiple offers or four multiple offers, it's eight, 12, 16 offers on a property and you have to make sure you're handling that correctly, one for the fiduciary responsibility, but then in addition to, it, it's like you have to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward because any, any lack of that, trickles down to the client absolutely and and so what are what are some of the things that you've put in place or that you've practiced that um that would help you with organizational skills or whatever it may be
0: uh the two biggest things organizational is, is there's two things one is time blocking and one is leverage uh with time blocking like my schedule is run from from the second i wake up at four twenty. i know exactly what i'm going to do and where i'm going to be till i get home the next day uh, there's a couple of non-negotiables in real estate or any other business. I mean, it, it doesn't. if you're in a sales business, the only two things that matters are appointments and prospecting for appointments. Those are the only two things that matters. Everything else can be leveraged eventually, even if it's not right now. Uh, but but time blocking is like from you know from 4:22 to 4:40 I'm I'm getting ready from five, five o'clock I'm already at the gym I leave the gym at 7:30 I'm at the office by eight prospecting starts at eight and I prospect till 11 then I follow up then I have some coaching calls so time blocking like making time for what matters and you have uh, a responsibilities b responsibilities and c responsibilities if all the a's get done you get into the b's and if all the b's get done you get into c's. But if all the A's don't get done, you don't get into the B's like you don't you don't lower your dollar producing activity. So as far as time blocking, and the second one, like one thing that allows me to, to be super on task with everything that I do is is leverage. I have for everything that needs to be done, I have someone in charge of that. You know, I have a it's not a big team, but it's you know, it's a 20 plus Twenty plus organization, so it is a pretty big real estate team in our region. And I have people over contracts, I have people over listings, I have people who manage listings, I have people who manage the agents. So everybody has their responsibilities, and my job is to make sure that everybody else is accountable. So definitely accountability through uh, through leverage, and leverage can be technology. I mean, it's like uh, we use uh, Airtable. Airtable tracks absolutely everything. I can go on my phone, I can go on my uh, my laptop my desktop and i know where everything is in every process between a listing and a contract i know where it come from where where the lead was created where the financing is coming from so i can track everything and we're trying out a new program now uh, not exactly sure what it's called but it, it brings in all the analytics of like airtable and your excel spreadsheets and even through our crm so we can at all times we will know where every client is you know that's in contract that's being worked uh, where they're at as far as the pre-approval process, everywhere. Like we know the exact thing from one dashboard. So me and uh, McKinsey, my director of operation, is messing with that right now. So we'll we'll know in you know, the next seven to ten days if that's going to be something we're going to add. But it's another thing as far as you're talking about as far as, as being on task and on
1: schedule because that's what matters. And that's that's one of the things that, that I've always been pushed on. I mean, even from when, you know, growing up, you know, my granddad always – always said if it's if you're going to do something do it correctly the first time right and what i've noticed is as much as that's in the back of my head i always tend to kind of fade to the right a little bit and say okay well you know that whole decentralized command so like handing something down to somebody overly doing that right and especially adding too much to somebody's plate can allow that to, to start slipping right And once you start realizing that you're doing that too much, you start taking back on too much, right? And I have that yo-yo effect of of who I am. And so I'm trying to learn to pass those on as they need to be, but then also making sure that what I am handling myself is is correct. Um, And I think that's, we have to learn that through, you know, just experience, right? And it's one of those things that can tend to be, how
0: do you put it? Tweaked. Um, Tweaked. I, uh, I think one thing that could really help you with that is is because I understand, like I, I'm a delegator too. Like I delegate a lot. And it took me a while to delegate because I questioned everything that was happening. I questioned where it was going. I questioned where it was, status was. And you hear so many yeses. You finally are like okay with it. But the, uh, the one thing that really helped me is realize that everybody wears a hat and everybody is in their lane. Once you have identified exactly what their lane is, they get nothing else. Yeah. And that will prevent you from having to take it back. And then you have to come to realization as a, as a team leader and a, and a boss that you either build a larger highway with more lanes or you drive more vehicles. You've got to do one of the two. Building a bigger highway has a cost. Yeah. Just like any road, it costs a lot to get it built, but once it's built, it's paid for. And then you can see more income from it. So it's, it's a scary time now because do I want to continue to invest in my building when I feel... We're at the top, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 are we building more roads or are you driving more buses? That, that's where you've got to come to, but realize that everybody's in their lane and you've, you give to them and
1: what they need, nothing else. Yeah.
0: Nothing, nothing falls out of their, their lane.
1: Yeah. And so that, that was, that was one of the ways that I wanted to take this. And I, I think we touched that and we pretty much killed that horse. Um, so going back into the other half of that, that I wanted to touch into was um, client feedback, Right? Cause right now it is such a huge part of a business, right? We went through COVID, we went through that whole, oh, we've got to now go in Zoom calls, we've got to do virtual showings, you know, we, we had to manipulate our business to handle those different those different aspects, right? Um, and those who didn't, you know, probably aren't gonna be ready for the future as as we talked. Um so being able to take that client feedback—I mean, this week I got a negative client feedback, one that I have not had in years. It's always been, you know, you guys are great. Da 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 da. It's always been that that good, positive information. So we get a negative feedback um, from a closing, and I it hit me because it was it was one of those situations where I was like, you know, we were handling this like a regular transaction, and then it kind of came back to me i was like one we've gotten complacent because we have been mm -hmm, we've gotten complacent for the simple fact that we've been good right we've been really good and then the one time where i'm like okay well maybe we didn't have so much communication with a first-time homebuyer well go back and put yourself in those shoes what does a first-time homebuyer know about purchasing a home nothing they only know what what they've been told Right? Or who they ask their family or their friends, but who should they be talking to about that information?
0: Uh, AG, yeah. That's one, one thing. It's like I, I stress to mine. First of all, let's get into your review, mm-hmm. the bad review. If you're working with everybody, if you're trying to make everybody happy, you make nobody happy. You're not going to keep everybody happy. But because you got a negative view, you, you took that extreme ownership, which is the 100% a boss thing to do. So you took extreme ownership. One thing you have to realize is. My team last year, my, my, the Tim Stout family team, we sold 403 transactions. Everybody we bought with, 99% of people we bought with, that's the only transition they're going to do within five to 10 years. So what we look at as an everyday thing, they're looking at once a decade. So it's a huge deal, and they don't know the intricacies. They don't know that it's going to take 10 days to get through due diligence. It's going to take another 20 days to get through the appraisal. They don't understand that. But we, we are very apt to look over that because it's every day for us it's like people talk to you know people you know, come to me all the time hey man what do you eat how are you healthy and it's like you just eat healthy like they don't know what the hell healthy is they don't have a clue eat an apple like they don't know so it's like you've got to remember that everybody has not walked the journey you have so everybody they can't see the mountain from your perspective because they've not walked your journey
1: and that it it allowed me to remember. Uh, there was, uh, we had JP Donnell on, on the podcast, um, a really close guy with uh, Jocko Wellink. But something that he said in the last podcast was there's some things that you know and have forgotten that people don't even know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Because it came back to the simple fact that there's things that I never even brought up right? And I'm looking, I'm, I'm running that transaction through my head. Even though it's a month-long transaction, I'm thinking about every single piece of that transaction where it could have been a mistake, right? And I, I talked to the client about it and, and, and walked through where her pain points were, and it was communication. And I was like, it's always communication. What? Something wasn't communicated 99% of the time. Right. And what do we strive ourselves on? Communication. That's it's on my, my, my motto as a, as a company is communication, so, tell me where I messed up communication is like, shit, <laughs> what, right? So, I had to go back and understand what part of that communication messed up. And we had to sit down as a team on Monday morning, walk through that whole process and say, these are the pain points where that client had, a tr- had, had trouble. How do we fix this, right? And if you're not bringing me a solution, I don't want to hear it, right? Because the excuses of like, hey, I sent this out or... I'm pretty sure we did our part on this piece is irrelevant, because they didn't feel that way, right?
0: There's only one opinion that matters, and it's not yours. Exactly. That's what I tell everybody: like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like you know, I love all of my agents, but it doesn't matter what you say happens. The only opinion that matters is the opinion of the uh, how they perceive the client. it. It's like I tell people every day: people, <laughs> we get a lot of flack about this, but people drive by like Bojangles and, and Burger King and McDonald's to go to Chick fil A. That chicken sandwich is no better than anywhere else. 100 yeah. percent believe that. Yeah. But people go there because they're they're felt good. Customer service is always on point. That's the reason people go there and they wait for a line that's 30 minutes. Me and me and Nick went there the other day and we lay waiting for 30 minutes. Yeah. And because of that.
1: It's my pleasure. It's absolutely it's <laughs> my pleasure. right. And so that that's that whole concept of of if you if you as a as a owner of a company or even as Um, an employee of a 9 to 5, it's understanding if you want to be better and become better and become more, you've got to, whether you're dealing with clients, whether you're dealing with customers, take into consideration if that customer calls you, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are some people, Karens, out in the world that will just complain about everything. Yes. But if you've had those consistent good reviews, it's important to take into consideration what that person is saying. Because... One, they trusted you, right, to deal with them. And then they also more than likely paid you for your service, yeah. right? So how in the world is their opinion invalid? Even if they are just being a Karen, right? Um, that entire aspect is is it's it's so important to take into consideration what that person is saying and then building a resolve around that so it doesn't happen again, right? Um, because it could be as simple as you know, you overcharge them a penny or you completely ruined a deal, right? That it-
0: What's their perception? I tell people every day that it's, uh, I was talking about perception. About them. Boy, you're telling me to hit the head. I just, I just slipped. Mm-hmm. But people's uh, people's perception is it's the only thing that matters. And people want to, like, people get a review and they're like, well, I got a bad review. You know, all of my clients are like, what should I do? And I was like, you should validate it. Mm-hmm. You know, apologize. I'm sorry I went that way. That's not what I meant. I'll definitely learn from this. But when you go through an argue, you're telling someone's opinion doesn't matter. And I've got we've, we've got a few bad reviews, and i and I talked to those clients and and I've got several of them changed with, with not asking. You know, they went from a 2-star to a 4-star and they're like, you know, you know, they, they talked to the owner and he had you know, he'd call and try to make things correct. But everything and you're talking about these karens and whenever people get upset it's a lack of communication and what I say it's a, it's an expectation talk, which is a communication talk. If your expectation is you're going to hear from me every three seconds, the second after I text or call, I'm going to get a hold of you. If, if I don't tell you any different, that is your expectation. So it's my job to tell you I answer emails from nine 30 to 10 and from four 30 to five. This is when I answer emails. I can, I answer phone calls through the day when, when my, when my calendar permits it, but I will call you back as soon as I possibly can. When you have that talk with your clients, it's not, when they call you at seven and don't hear from you till nine, that's not urgency. That they understand well you know Tim told me this was going to happen but if you don't have that expectation talk it's your fault the expectation is you'll answer them the second
1: they call that's right and that was one of the things that we had to put in place was usually if you come to us I mean we're not we're not a huge real estate company so the way that we structure things is you will be put in a group text between me my assistant and the client right and majority of the conversation will go through that group text so that everybody stays up to date, right? Until we get to a point where that's irrelevant or it's too, it's it's not enough or it's too much, then at that point we would expand into something different. But at this point, it just makes sure that everybody's on the same page. There's no miscommunication or anything. Um, but what we started doing was having outside communication from that group text, whether it be from... Uh, my assistant, whether it be from me, shooting a quick text versus going through that group text message, right? And so now now you've broken that consistency. Whereas am I supposed to text Addison or am I supposed to text Camry or, or am I supposed to just text in the group text? What, what am I supposed to do as a client? And so there was confusion, right? And so now we've broken that out. We said the first intro text message is breaking down exactly what the expectation is of what we're supposed to do. You as a client will text me through this and call Addison if it's an emergency or if you need any answers to a question, right? So breaking that out and setting that expectation up front and following through that expectation through the rest of the transaction, mm-hmm. right? And not deviating from, from that. When you deviate, it gives them
0: permission. Mm-hmm. When, I go to, uh, when I go on a listing appointment, um, I'll basically say that, you know, you know, I'm the listing agent, what I do well, is I meet with clients and I market your house to sell. That is what I do well. The details of the transaction and the things that are going to move you along and allow you to market the best is done with Anna Ana's my listing manager. You're going to hear from her the second I pull out of your driveway and she's going to introduce herself. And basically then she does the introduction and she handles them 90% through. I'll answer real estate value questions if it's at a high level, but Anna's very educated and can do that. But the second it goes in her contract, she says, Now you're going to hear from Mackenzie. Mackenzie's entire job is to make sure you get to closing safely. Okay, then Mackenzie calls, and now she handles it. So it's we call it the golden handoff. We hand it off, and it's like, and if it's about if it's about marketing, negotiating, it's me. Business as usual. It's on closing. It's Mackenzie. So they know loud and clear which hat we wear, so they know who to contact. Yeah. So it it does make it easy because we've had an expectation talk, and the only reason we have expectation talks we we've had expectations not met, people disappointed, people upset, mm-hmm. and we're like just like you're, what you're going through right now. We've had to realize that we have to fix it, and you can't fix something you don't know's there. Right, it's like with jujitsu until you get choked, you don't know you're messing up.
1: Exactly until that, watch your neck, yeah, exactly. um, and that, that's that's one of those things that. Was kind of just on my brain for the past. As as soon as that conversation happened, like I just left jujitsu, and I'm like, you know, you're you're beat. Mm-hmm. And then I get the phone call. and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna pick this one up. And it was like, bam, Addison, I've got to talk to you about da 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 da. That's not the conversation you want to have at eight o'clock at night, or anytime. Right. Exactly. And so it was communication. It was lack of consistency on that piece. And then it was also organization, right? Tying back into what we just went into. There was things that have happened um, through the transaction where I missed a walkthrough, right? Because I didn't check my calendar Mm -hmm. the night before, right? As I usually do, Mm -hmm. Friday night, I just didn't check my calendar. Didn't realize I had to be there at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I wasn't there. Called her at 9.50 once I realized that I was not going to be there. And called her and said, hey, look, I'm not going to be there. I did not check my calendar last night, and that's 100% on me. FaceTime me, and we'll walk through this property together. As much as I hate the lack of what it is, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, you know. And that was part of what what her complaint was, was because of that. Mm-hmm. Which That's a big her, uh, and, and it was because she was a first-time homebuyer. Whereas in my head, I'm like, it's a walkthrough. It's going to be okay.
0: Yeah.
1: But for her, this is how I buy the, safe, the house that's safe for me and my family. 100%.
0: You're here to protect me.
1: Where are you at? 100%. And it allowed me to recognize that. And then, get this, on this next piece, going through a walkthrough. Or not a walkthrough, but uh, going to closing. This transaction had been extended through mortgage situations, as, as they do. And... During this whole COVID thing, we have not been going to closing, right? Just because sometimes it's been requested that only buyers and sellers come to closing and then separate rooms. And so we've been, we've made it pretty much a standard where if it's requested that we come to closing, we'll be there. Yeah. This transaction closed at four o'clock. We got CDC at 3.20. Oh, wow. It's an hour away. I'm like, FaceTime me if you get there, when you get there. And then that was another piece of the transaction where me, knowing that the closing, I've got everything in a row, every, all my ducks are in a row, everything's good to go for this closing. However, she didn't realize that, that, that all the work had been done behind the scenes. She never saw that. So she didn't understand that when we get to closing, I can almost promise you, we're closing, right? Um, because these things have been lined up and the people we've talked to and, and things have been taken care of. However, it was, again, falling back to safety. You're not here to help me. Whereas I'm thinking, you know, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. We're clear to go. I mean, you're not going to have to worry about anything. Setting the expectation and then following through that expectation and then having the organizational skills and then also being able to say, I'm not going to be able to make it and then going further into what that actually means and why, right? Right and not just leaving it FaceTiming when you get there and we'll walk through the closing together. And that
0: may not have been that big of a deal if it didn't happen at the walk through. So what was a little deal become
1: a big deal when, yeah.
0: when in her mind, she had a reason to magnify it.
1: Yeah, 100% and she did. And she did. Yeah, and she did. And that was... Which is her... Her prerogative. She's allowed to, right. yes. Because it comes down to the simple fact of what I do every day is real estate and I'm good really good at what we do so it, it we tend to forget that there's little things that can become big things in certain people's eyes and i'm thankful for the um, it sucks that that happened and it sucks that we got the review that we did however it's good because it allowed us to open our eyes to what happened right and now i can guarantee you that won't happen again right um, and, and then being able to put stuff in place that, that minimize the impact or minimize it happening again.
0: I tell my agents when we're, when we're training them that when you when you're walking down when you're walking down the road of a deal, you're going to see ant hills. and in your mind you want to avoid said ant hills. These are anthills are rough conversations, things that could go wrong, all these ifs. But what happens the second you step over that anthill, when you turn around, it's now a volcano getting ready to explode. And it always happens because it's always going to come up. The more deals you do, the more when you see that anthill, you're like, This anthill, let me tell you about this <laughs> anthill. Because if we don't get the C D at this point in time, we're not going to be able to close at this point in time. Yeah. So you you have that expectation talk. So so when something does is said and the only thing that goes through the client's mind is like, okay, that's what he said was happened Like that's just something else that the same issue becomes from you were wrong and you lied to me to, yeah, that's what he said. I guess he was right again. Mm-hmm. That's what it becomes to because
1: you're, st- you're not stepping over anthills. You're squashing them. No. And it's, it's about understanding, you know, going into those anthills and being able to say a lot of times when we have problems in the real estate business, it's because somebody stepped over an anthill and did not want to have a conversation with you. Absolutely. The attorney, the lender, whatever it may be. That whole situation happens because they don't want to have any conversation because the lender may have, they may understand that, oh, we're probably not going to close this on Tuesday, but we're going to try, right? But they don't have that conversation with you.
0: Or they have it with you and you don't have it with your client. And, and it's always going to be your fault. You are, you are nothing but the rain catcher. You're there to catch everything that happens. And and talking about stepping over anthills, it's not only conversations that you have with your clients, or attorneys. It's when the other agent doesn't have conversations with their clients. Uh, When I first got into real estate, I was still with my first brokerage. I was probably less than two years in. I'd sold a pretty, pretty very expensive house, especially for that time. I mean, like in 2013, it was like $600,000. That's that's a big deal here. And uh, the agent, like – I ran over her during the negotiations. Just, 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 just you know, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a negotiator, and went to go pick up the lockbox and sign. They were doing their final walkthrough, and that client, her client, come to me and like literally was cussing me because of everything that her agent knew but was afraid to say to her. And I'd look, and like, and her agent's like eyes were, you know, as big around as a pop can because she's like, "Oh Lord," and I'm like. And I pulled up my email. You mean this email I sent to your agent six weeks ago? And I, like, shut it down. And I did that because, I mean, I was so aggravated. I mean, I asked her where her husband was. I mean, he's like, where's your husband? Like, if someone's going to talk to me like this, we're going to fight. You know what I mean? That's where I was at with that. And, uh, and he had apologized when he saw me. He's like, man, I'm sorry. He's twice my size, so that would have been a good one. But it was because he she wouldn't have conversation with that client. And I was able to show her in the emails. you see this? And she's just looking at her, looking at me. Then she'd look at her agent. She'd look at my phone. And just like she she realized that I wasn't the I wasn't the villain and made a very uncomfortable situation because she would she was stepping over every anthill. I mean she was tiptoeing over every one of them. And there was a lot of in that transaction. And somebody's gonna step in those anthills for sure. Like it's it just is it's always gonna be done. It may take you a little longer,
1: you may get bit by ants, but
0: but it's not gonna turn into a volcano to get you.
1: So, I mean, th- those were the main things that I wanted to hit. Is, is It's good for me to walk through these things with somebody else because there's things that, that I'm like, oh, you know what? This is the correct way to do this, right? And whether it's having that conversation, breaking down the conversation into you know, the most minute problem, is there anything else that, that you did not like that we did, right? And then following that and following it until there's nothing left to talk about. Right. And you're sitting on the phone and you're both quiet. Right. That, that, that once that happens, that's when you can understand what the problem was. Right? And when
0: you get a client that's upset, that's willing to talk to you, keep them talking. They're going to tell you about the time on that second time you met them and your breath stunk. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to tell you everything. So when you get them talking, it's good to let them talk. Cause you're going to find out a lot about your business because you want to perceive that you're the best. I want to perceive that I'm the best. But the only opinion that matters is the clients.
1: So make a note of that. Write it down in your book. There's been a lot of good things that we've talked about here. Tim is always full of knowledge, as always surprises me. Um, But again, make sure you guys send in text or an email or a DM to uh, James Chapman and tell him that. He's been replaced. Been replaced.
0: By much better looking. And I'm not a hairless dolphin. Is that what you call me?
1: (laughs) Uh, A dolphin with eyebrows. Yeah, I've got eyebrows, but I'm not dolphin. We, uh, we went up to the man with skinny knees now. Yes, you, yes, you are. are. That's you. That's you. That's you. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, also, go take a look at uh, JockoFuel.com. Uh, they are a large supporter of the podcast. When you go there and you get to the website and you pick your lovely goodies, do not forget to add Grind10 at checkout for 10% off. Give us a call. i excited to see where the next time... Tim Stout comes on the podcast. I'll All right. Grinder out.